It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap ball. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down in the big hole. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. JT, as we continue on this Friday, brought to you by Canes. Oh, the chicken fingers at Canes. Oh, it's fantastic. It makes me think of my sons, and I'm serious about that. If there's a Canes in the valley, one of my two sons has gone through the drive up or gone inside. We're a Canes family. We love Canes. We're thrilled about it. Proud partner of ours. As we mention them all all the time, and another one that's helping us get out to the Super Bowl in Radio Row here in less than two weeks. So thanks to Canes again for being with us upcoming for another year. We're excited about it. I love all of our endorsements of places I go to. I don't go to every nook and cranny, uh, cranny in every hotel. I can't every casino, every back speakeasy. I can't go to all of them. But everybody I represent, you know how much they mean to me. And Canes, good news that they're with us on the road to the Super Bowl. We appreciate that. So on Fridays, what we've been doing throughout the second half of the football season that just ended is we were playing Raiders Roundtable, a lot of it in this hour because I think it's great content. Outstanding, and I give credit to my teammates, Q Myers, who I co-hosted with, but most importantly, Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln, who I've been texting back and forth with, known Lincoln a long time. I think this platform, everything Lincoln does is really good. But when Lincoln's on Raiders Roundtable, and hope you watch it and subscribe on YouTube, he just lets it fly. He's always honest, but he's so relaxed in his home normally doing it. And I just heard so many great comments out of Lincoln this year. Some of it was critical. Some of it wasn't controversial. It was right on. But he calls the games with Jason Horowitz. He's a former player, multiple Pro Bowls. Played in a Super Bowl so he can look at the game differently than all of us. So just thinking about Lincoln, who we're going to see out in Phoenix and Scottsdale in that area. And uh, missing roundtable with them as we'll do two that week at the Super Bowl. We're going to do Tuesday and Thursday. And that'll be up live. And they're going to have the film crew there. And that's going to be really nice because the Raiders at Radio Row, Radio Row is just a convention with a whole bunch of radio stations and a couple of the networks. And I was at Fox for over 17 years, and there's SiriusXM, who I'm with now, and ESPN Radio, whoever it is, they have giant stages in the convention center. And then the rest is just a sea of radio stations. There used to be a lot more because of COVID and the economy and some issues of the past. Now it's starting to get rolling again. So there'll be radio stations from Jacksonville, Detroit, Miami, San Francisco, and Las Vegas, as we are the flagship partner of the Raiders. And next year... We're going to have this in Vegas, and it's important for Raiders Radio, especially the Las Vegas Raiders organization, who've had a presence there. Raiders have had a nice presence on Radio Row for a number of years. It gets better every year. So we also thank the Raiders for partnering with us and our radio station here because we are proud partners with them, Raider Nation Radio, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So to recap, one of the things that we've done this week is we've talked about the quarterbacks and the callers who have called in on it and everybody who's tweeted I think the conversation's been honest and real. So I just wanted to mention a couple of things here in a recap of what we touched on this week. It's all about Derek Carr, who's not going to be back. 
And if Derek Carr is going to move on and Derek Carr is going to speak about it at some point on his own, he has the right to do that. He's been a great Raider. He's been a great Raider, not a good Raider. Derek Carr was a great Raider with his current contract status with the team as they're trying to trade him or he's going to be a free agent. Whatever happens, we know that Derek Carr, once a Raider, always a Raider, was a fantastic part of this organization's history. And I'll never change my mind on that. And the only time I'll root against him is when he's playing the Raiders. Derek Carr is good people. But we had to open up the door and have this conversation about what the future is going to look like. And after this year, seeing Derek thrive at times with Devontae, look, Devontae had all those great catches, and the majority of them from Derek, standing in the pocket, bombs, unbelievable pinpoint passes to the end zone. Devontae wanted that. Derek wanted that. They came together as best friends to do it, and that relationship's coming to an end here. So how do you get someone as good as Derek to get the ball to Devontae? This is a team. And Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, no player is bigger than the team. The team is everything under what they're trying to instill here in Las Vegas. <laughs> you still got to get Devontae the ball. And as I've always said, you got to get to him the ball often. I like to overfeed Devontae Adams. Whatever you believe should be the targets a game, I think it should be 12 to 15 a game. Okay, if he only has six receptions because someone plays him well, or he only has five, or he has eight, he better get 12 to 15 targets here. He's not a guy who should get eight targets for four receptions. So they got to get someone, and if it's Jared Stidham, who's already in-house for now, someone to get Devontae the touches and everything he needs. And all the quarterbacks we went down the road with. I want to start with Lamar Jackson, who we talked about with Nestor Aparicio in Baltimore earlier in the week, it's going to be very expensive to get him because he believes, and he's a Ravens expert, that if they can't come to terms on an in-house deal for him, which is going to be over $200 million, then they're just going to franchise tag him to protect the asset. They don't want him to go somewhere and not get anything in return. And then a Raider team or someone else would have to give up two first-round picks if they got him. And remember, this is a Baltimore team that can match the offer. So depending on the tag here that they put on him, they can match it. So it could almost be impossible to get him out of Baltimore, but maybe not because I don't think ownership loves him anymore. I thought he was kind of a little bit off at the end of the year. The injury, I thought he should have recovered from sooner than later, all that. So I don't know if there's bad blood in Baltimore or not. There could be tremendous heated bad blood there or everybody could be on the same page and John Harbaugh could be going through his workout today and bump into the owner, Steve Bashotti, and go, yeah, we good with Lamar? Yep, we're good. We're either going to franchise tag him or pay him. So that's one quarterback I wanted to begin with. The Aaron Rodgers, as we talked about in the first hour, it's just, it's good. It's going to deliver on the content. They're going crazy in New York. Jet fans thinking that they have him in their sights. And they really believe. Jet fans have been desperate for a long period of time. But the Jets were pretty good this past year. They were. The Jets were really good on defense. Sauce Gardner is a hell of a player. Their interior defensive line, their offensive line did a good job at times. But the quarterback fallout from there with Zach Wilson and Mike White, who played well, but he got hurt. It's just too controversial. I don't know how you could give up on Zach Wilson. He was taken second. Second overall. Not in the second round. Not at the end of the first round. They took him number two. He's young. You would think they're going to build with him. But Boomer Esiason and a lot of the other experts say no. They've seen this movie before. He's got to go. And they'll move him easy if Aaron Rodgers wants to come be a Jet. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to be a Jet. Brett Favre did it. I think Aaron Rodgers has better options. I sincerely do. He's not going to walk away from the money. 
It's 50-plus million. The Packers have the right to trade him. He has the right to accept the trade. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go from famed Lambeau Field to the swamps of New Jersey in East Rutherford to be the B team to the Giants. The Giants have always been bigger than the Jets. Aaron Rodgers can propel the Jets to higher standards, but they're not the Giants organization. The Giants just went to the playoffs. So if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, Woody Johnson, the owner, is going to have to give up one first-round pick, maybe two, because it's the Jets. I don't think he's worth two first-round picks. I don't. I think you can get a first out of it, no doubt, and a second or a third, but we'll let all the capologists figure that out. But if Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the Jets, the Jets will make it happen. The Jets are so desperate for anything. They are so desperate. Reports are the owner, Woody Johnson, will pay the freight, pay the money, and give up the pick. So all Aaron Rodgers got to do to tell the Jets is, yeah, I'd like to come to you first, and then let that be known to Brian Goodenkunst, who's the GM of the team. And I think the Packers will be like, sure, dude, we're done. We're kind of cool. We're ready to part ways with you. You've been a little bit of a headache on the back end with this every year, and we're getting what we want in return and the key. We don't have to pay you. And they have Jordan Love, who's a former first-round pick, waiting. Why draft that kid if you weren't going to let him play at least by now? Well, at least by now is because Aaron Rodgers has won two MVPs since they drafted Jordan Love. So they couldn't play Love. Aaron Rodgers was playing like an MVP, but he didn't this past year. So I just, my brain is playing tricks on me. I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. But if you would have asked me back in the day, and I'm sure someone did, I never thought Brett Favre would go to the Jets either. So we'll see. I think that's less than 30%, maybe 25%, less than that, if he ends up going there. Uh, now that, so now we got Aaron Rodgers out of the way quickly. What happens with the Raiders? Well, the Raider fit is Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. It worked brilliantly. It didn't work well. With Derek, it worked okay. <laughs> with Rodgers, Devontae, that was brilliance. If anything can happen, locking those two guys together, I'm all for it. Other than the fact that I don't think Dave Ziegler would want to have back-to-back years of getting two Packers for high picks, a first-round pick, and or a first and a second for Devontae, a first and blank for Aaron Rodgers, and have to come up with another $50 million after paying Devontae all that money. So that could be crazy. So Aaron Rodgers doesn't feel like it's going to happen to Vegas anytime soon, but it should be in play. Stephen A's talking about it. Uh, Peter Schrager, every, all insiders around the sport, they're all talking about it. They've all mentioned it on their shows, and we have Tom, too. All right, a couple other things I want to hit on. So we mentioned Carr. We talked about Aaron Rodgers. Now we go to Tom Brady, which I think we backed off of Tom Brady later in the week just because we scheduled to talk about other quarterbacks. Getting back to Tom Brady again for Raider fans who are triggered and really having trouble with this concept, I don't get you. I don't understand you. I don't know what you're thinking. Now, but with the tone I just said that and, and saying that, that doesn't mean I'm a homer for Tom Brady. I've never been a homer for Tom Brady, rooted against him a lot when he played with the Patriots and was never a guy who was, you know, I called him the matinee idol because he's like a movie star and he's a great player, but never a guy that I said, I wish he would come or there was a chance for him to come to the Raiders. Now there is. The last time it happened was a rumor and he, we all figured out that he went to Tampa Bay because he had Gronk. He built the championship team there quickly. I don't think he thought he could have did that three years ago coming to Vegas. Maybe it's a mistake. Maybe if he was a Raider for three years, there'd be at least one Super Bowl and maybe going for another. We'll never know about that. We'll never know. But now if he's available, and he is as a free agent, the relationship 
with the Patriots of the past who are in the building, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, clearly have the contacts to make that happen. Blindfolded. Blindfolded they can make those calls, have dinners, and get that to happen. So I think it's going to come down to Brady in Las Vegas or Miami. And that's what they're doing in Miami on Sports Talk Radio, everybody. You don't listen to it, but I know people down there, they're talking Brady around the clock. 24 hours. If the local stations could do it more than 24 hours, they would. They're not even taking a pause. They want Brady in Miami because it's glamour, it's glitz, it's South Beach, it's Lauderdale. It's everything that they want. Boca all the way to Jupiter. They take control again of the state where Tampa Bay had control of it with Brady up there winning a championship. And they have Waddle and they have Tyreek Hill. Wow. Woo. Tom doesn't have the arm, we think, to always throw it deep. 55 yards in the air on a dime, even though he's done it his whole career. Waddle and Tyreek Hill get open 50 yards downfield. So that's got to be appealing to him. And then the other quarterbacks that are going to go through the gauntlet, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, the last one I want to mention here on a Friday. Because I think Garoppolo heard a really, I don't know who the caller was. It was either on with a Q or Vinnie Clay and Heidi in the morning. And they were talking about Jimmy G and how much he has left. I was surprised this week when I found out he's 31. He's young. He's been injured a bunch, but they've been fluke injuries. It's not because his body's breaking down. They're fluke injuries. I don't think he's an injury-prone guy, but you can argue that with me. And I'm not going to die on that hill. Jimmy G's probably going to get hurt a little bit. But, God, he's efficient and he's winning games. The ball comes out right where the coaches want him. Who are the coaches? Josh McDaniels in New England. And you heard of the guy in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan. They both have some pretty successful, elaborate offenses. And with Jimmy G, the ball comes out perfectly in the windows where they need it to be. Can make the throws a little bit of mobility. And seems to be a good leader. Gets along with all his teammates. He's got to be in play at some point, not only in Las Vegas or these surrounding markets looking for a quarterback. Just remember this last thing. A year ago, Russell Wilson, if he was available, and I'm being always honest with you, Russell Wilson was available in that blockbuster trade. If we went back in the hot tub time machine, the way I think of Russell Wilson, I would have done that deal in Vegas, and I would have deserved to have been embarrassed by it. Maybe it worked out better because Josh McDaniels would be much better than Nathaniel Hackett, and people will talk about that. But if Russell Wilson came to Vegas, it would be under that contract that he signed in Denver for that many years for that amount of money. And where would we be sitting now? I think they're going to figure out Russell Wilson. He's got a Hall of Fame resume. He didn't forget how to play football. But, man, he sure looked like he was close to forgetting it. That was a disaster. And that's what Aaron Rodgers wants to avoid. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to see what happened to him, what just happened to Russell Wilson. Go to the Jets. And he's a laughing stock with the Jets. The Jets get him injured. The Jets are no good. Russell Wilson went to Denver and almost to a man and a female when it comes to their fans all want him out. There's no encouragement. Like 10% of that fan base is behind Russell Wilson. 90% want him out already. And he's a future Hall of Famer. I don't recall ever seeing anything like that. I've seen guys get hurt and drop off with the talent skill set, but never like what happened to Russell Wilson last year. Oh, I mean, they're going to do documentaries on that, on what happened to him. Clearly, the coach got fired, and I I believe he deserved to get fired. But what is Russell Wilson going to do now, that head coaching position, because he's right here in the AFC West, and the Raiders have done a great job recently in owning the Broncos. It's got to stay that way. And hopefully Justin Herbert's last game, up 27 to nothing in the collapse, helps the Raiders going forward with Boyd Blunder, 
Brandon Staley there as the head coach. And Kansas City is going to be, no matter what happens, the favorite next year in this division. No matter what the Raiders do, including Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Jared Stidham or a top seven draft pick, I promise you Kansas City will come through this summer coming up and coming into the preseason as the number one seed in the AFC West, and they deserve it. Let's get Kansas City beat this weekend. Let's get Kansas City not to go to the Super Bowl. JT, on a Friday, we thank all of our proud partners, including Grimaldi's. Best pizza I've ever had. Head on out to Grimaldi's. The desserts are amazing. They have great wine on premise, and they have a whole array of different pizzas. I get the Brooklyn Bridge. Head on out to Grimaldi's, proud partner of our show and home of the $50 gift card. More on a Friday, beautiful Friday, into a good weekend here before the Pro Bowl next week on the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio. A big hire, the first big hire of this coaching cycle. Thank God someone is finally on the board. Frank Reich, the former Carolina Panthers quarterback, the first quarterback in the history of this former expansion franchise, now becomes their head coach. And for the Carolina Panthers, what they're looking for is a veteran coach to come in and right the ship and really help the culture of this organization that had been a little bit of a mess after Matt Rule uh, was fired midseason. Also come in and fix this quarterback position. No doubt mission number one this offseason. They believe they got that with Frank Reich, who was their number one choice after he was dumped unceremoniously by the Indianapolis Colts this year. Wright peaked out. Steve Wilkes did a fantastic job as interim coach. And then Kellen Moore, a kind of surprise finalist who really impressed during his interviews in Carolina. Meanwhile, another big hire. This happened yesterday. Nathaniel Hackett, the former Broncos head coach, now becomes the New York Jets offensive coordinator. Talk about the quarterback position being in focus. Absolutely the case for the Jets. They're going to bring in a veteran quarterback, as Robert Sala said yesterday. I can't think of any veteran quarterback that Nathaniel Hackett might know, especially not from his time in Green Bay. Maybe we'll be talking about that a little bit this offseason. And then for the Dallas Cowboys, a big win off the field. Dan Quinn, who is really a top candidate for the Arizona Cardinals and a top candidate for the Colts as well. He has informed teams that he is returning to Dallas, one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid, defensive coordinators. Sticks in Dallas to give it another run. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. JT with you as we wrap up this beautiful Friday. Weather's great. Hopefully going to get out on golf tomorrow, which I'm excited about. And also excited to stay away from Dropicana. For those who live in Vegas, they're doing this completely massive construction project on Dropicana in the 15. And the guys I work out with and talk to in the morning, they were telling me, don't go down there. Don't go down there this weekend. I said, come on, man. I got friends in town. Can I take Flamingo? Can I take the... Just watch out, everybody. The warning I'm getting is that strip traffic as they're dropping Tropicana down is going to be pretty insane. I'll be out there. I'll fight the Tropicana. Hope to see you out over the weekend. I want to thank Remy Martin. I went to an event with them last night. Our proud partner, Remy Martin, team up for excellence. I went to the 12th annual CNY in the desert uh, dinner, which was fantastic at the Rainbow Kitchen, a Chinese dinner like I've never had before in my life. Thanks to my buddy Tori and the whole crew. Uh, They were bringing out giant platters of authentic Chinese food 
that I've never had before. I mean, some dishes were so creative and unique, some on the raw side, some on the fully cooked side. My wife and I had a great night. I sat next to a gentleman by the name of Sinchen Siv, S-I-V. He's the former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., and this gentleman lives in San Antonio, and we had a beautiful conversation all night. He was the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations under the first President Bush, a very proud man of uh, Chinese heritage. He told me that he was one of five people that flew on Air Force One when President Bush died with the family. We had a good conversation about San Antonio, and he relocated there, and he likes the Spurs. So it was a fun conversation, and it was great to meet the lieutenant governor of the state of Nevada, who was also at our table, uh, Stavros Anthony. Stavros Anthony, a very nice gentleman, and his wife. And it was nice as we celebrated the Chinese New Year. One quick story about this, that they had a tradition at this restaurant, which I've never seen in my life before. And I grew up in New York, so I've been to authentic Chinese restaurants with my dad in the city. But growing up in Long Island, not at this level, like the Rainbow Kitchen. So last night, as they were bringing out food to our table... They were having a competition. It was probably about 20 big oval tables that sat about 10 people per table. And they would bring out the platters of food. And before they presented it to us, you'd have to scream. Yes, at the top of your lungs. And they had one table go up against the next table. So as they're presenting the food to us, we had to all stand up and scream as loud as we could. Imagine that. If you scream right now as loud as you ever had in your life. And I did, and our table won. And then they did two other tables, and then it was a knockout phase, and we made it to the final table. We were the final table, and we were competing. It's the year of the rabbit. We were competing for some rabbit prizes. We didn't win, but I blew my voice out. I came home last night. My wife said, you got to do radio today. I said, I can handle it. So a quick story about last night, incredible night out. Uh, Not that late of a night out, but a fun night with our partner, Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. So this morning, I'm listening to our morning show. What I listen to in the morning on the radio, I listen to Howard Stern. I started with Howard Stern. I work for Sirius XM. Howard's my go-to. And I switch over, and I listen to our teammates on Raider Nation Radio. And they were, of course, discussing the quarterback situation. They had a couple of guests on. And then I switched over, and I heard Dan Patrick on Sirius XM, and he had our friend Mike Florio on. And Mike Florio was talking about this weekend, this AFC and NFC Championship weekend. And the conversation was pretty compelling because Florio believes that the league is trying to get these championship games at a neutral site. And they were hoping for Buffalo and Kansas City to roll this out. And what Florio said, which was very unique, I haven't heard anybody else say it like this, is that the NFL wants to get these games to feel like more of a college atmosphere. So if they have it at a neutral site, it would be like a bowl game. Georgia going up against say Oklahoma or Alabama going up against USC where the stadium is split 50-50. I don't think that's a good idea because you fight all year to have home field advantage in the championship game if you get it. Why would you fight all year long to get home field advantage and lose it in the championship game? But Florio seemed to be pretty convinced that they were close to rolling it out. They were really close to rolling it out because I thought we should have saw Buffalo. I still thought Buffalo was the best team. And the game would have been unique because everybody would have watched it. Didn't matter where they play the game. You would watch it. But the point is, I think it would screw over the fans because of the price of the ticket would explode. You'd have to spend money on airfare or driving. You'd have to get a hotel room. So I hope the NFL doesn't go down this road. I hope they don't go down this road at all because I don't think it's right for the fans. And I think the fans are being priced out. 
as we talked about year in and year out, if you want to go to the Super Bowl, and I went to a lot of them, I think I've been to inside as a fan, mostly as a fan, and a lot of it because the Raiders uh, always offered me the opportunity to have tickets over my career there, especially when we were in Oakland. So I went to a lot of Super Bowls, but now I work Sunday night, so I usually don't go to the game. But to get into the Super Bowl when it started, it was like 400 bucks, 350, 500. I remember 1,000. Now it's 4,000, 8,000 in the door for a single ticket. Now, if you're a season ticket holder for the Raiders, you'll have an opportunity next year, I'm sure. Season ticket holders, the way it works, you'll have first right or an opportunity to get in a lottery. But either way, the tickets are outlandish. So if you take away the opportunity for home fans to go to the championship game and the Super Bowl they're going to have to pay to go to, what would you pay to go? You'd pay to go see your team in the Super Bowl more so than the AFC or the NFC championship game. The NFL is looking for revenue, just like the NBA is looking for revenue, and it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal going forward, everybody. The NFL is now in Germany. The NFL loves London. I love London, too. I told you that. I love London. If you get an opportunity to go see your team in London, it is fantastic. But other opportunities at this point now to see your team around the country, it's just getting more and more expensive. And the Raiders' schedule next year is going to be mind-blowing because with the Giants coming into town, the Steelers coming into town, the Packers coming into town, tickets are going to be pretty expensive. Either way, for the home fans to get in, and the fans on the road to try to buy your tickets again. A couple of storylines today. Uh, Christian McCaffrey says that there's zero chance that he's not going to play. He didn't have a good week of practice here. That calf injury seems to be real. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're betting the 49ers coming into this game. He sat out of practice yesterday, and he's still working through a bruised calf. So this is a big deal. He is not 100%, and I think he's an important weapon in this game. So McCaffrey said he will go. He suffered the injury in last week's 19-12 to divisional round victory over the Dallas Cowboys, but came out of the game saying he felt like he was fine. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, he wasn't able to go. So they're not making any guarantees at this point. So they are not that healthy. We also knew on the injury report, running back Elijah Mitchell has a groin. He didn't practice on Thursday. And Jimmy Garoppolo also remains out of the mix here. Everybody who's thought about Jimmy Garoppolo would come in and be the savior, which is a fair point. If they got if Purdy did not look good and he was playing poorly and he was throwing two picks a game, was playing like Dak did last week but still winning, maybe they hook him in this championship game or the Super Bowl if he's ready. That ship has sailed. Also receiver Debo Samuel has an ankle. Uh, Embry Thomas has an ankle. They got a lot of injuries on this team here. So I I was surprised by that when I did some prep this morning that the status of that team, they are not in great shape, the 49ers. Now, Purdy is and Kittle is and Ayuk is, and they have enough weapons to do it, and they're going to be known for their defense. But this this is a unique story for them. We'll talk about the moving lines coming up here in a minute, and I'll get into that a little bit. And the story out of Los Angeles today is the Rams are going to hire Mike LaFleur as the offensive coordinator as they're in that process here, uh, bringing him over from the Jets, former offensive coordinator. The move first reported from NFL Network comes after LaFleur and the Jets parted ways, and the Rams' offensive coordinator, Lane Cohen, left, and Sean McVay's staff is now returning. One of his uh, coaches left to go to Kentucky to hold that same position. So Sean McVay was in an interesting boat here. He was telling everybody that he might not be back, and one of his good coaches left for Kentucky. 
And no one knows what that team's going to look like next year. And I think this is an important topic for the Raiders when I talk about the Rams. What the Raiders could do is what the Rams did a couple of years ago when the Rams went all in to win the Super Bowl and it worked. They knew they had Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup was a hell of a player. They went out and got Matthew Stafford. Remember? And they made that move. Odell Beckham Jr. They had a really good team and a couple of players put him over the top. But now they finish 5-12 and 12 after winning that Super Bowl. And now they have to get Stafford back healthy and Cup is going to start the OTAs in April. So the Rams went from winning the Super Bowl to looking like a completely different team that isn't going to surpass the 49ers anytime soon. That's how quick this can flip. And the same thing with Cincinnati that went from two wins to four wins to a Super Bowl. And if they win here, they could go to another Super Bowl. More and more people I talk to are shocked at the fact that we could be talking about the Cincinnati Bengals going to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. And I really believe, Raider Nation, that's probably one of the best positive stories that Raider fans can take into the offseason. If you want to be positive, if you don't want to be positive, I can't help you there. But to know what the Cincinnati Bengals have done in the last three to four years and how they've become a Super Bowl contender back-to-back years is tremendous. And that's what the Raiders have to hope for. The Raiders have to hope for consistency where they can build something long-term like Kansas City, the way the Patriots did, or I'm for the Band-Aid. Someone asked me that the other day. This term Band-Aid is coming around here all the time. You know, if you go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady, that's a Band-Aid, and that doesn't help the Raiders long-term. I don't care about anything. I care about wins. A win, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and wins 12 games or 11 games, and the Raiders are in the playoffs as a win in the division of the wild card, I don't care if you want to call Tom Brady or Jimmy G a Band-Aid. The problem with Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, as we just talked about, is they are very expensive and require draft equity. And also, Jarrett Stidham would be a Band-Aid. If Jarrett Stidham is the starter on opening day this upcoming year with the schedule that the Raiders have, I'll be not shocked, but I'll be a little bit surprised. The only way I see Jarrett Stidham being the starting quarterback for the Silver and Black is if they draft a quarterback in the top seven. Then they take a quarterback in the top seven, they load up on defense in free agency in the draft, and they get four new starters. And remember, the JT formula. The defense needs four fresh new starters in the draft and free agency. You can do three and one, two and two, however you want to do it. You can get three free agents and a draft pick in the top you know, two rounds who start, but you better have four new starters. And if you do that, and Jared Stidham's the quarterback, and we have a superstar, young, top five, top seven quarterback, depending on what Dave Ziegler does, then that's something I could live with. To know that Bryce Young is here, to know that C.J. Stroud, to know that they have a quarterback that they believe in the building inside the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center could turn out to be potentially the next Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, I'm okay with the roll of the dice. But again, as we wrap up this week on Raider Nation Radio, for myself, not you, for myself, the best option is Tom Brady. Brady is the best option because he's a guarantee. He's a guarantee in the organization, the professionalism, the preparation, the playbook, the accountability, the ability to recruit players here. Others can do it. Derek, help recruit Devontae, no debate. Tom can recruit other players to come. And I think if Tom Brady is the starting quarterback here, then the Raiders really have an opportunity to do something super special. If not, and they go down another road, I'm sure they're going to believe that road's going to be paved with gold. It will work out. 
but I wonder what Raider Nation's going to think. You've been through a lot. Every time I turn on our channel, we're talking about the quarterbacks. Every time I wake up in the morning, Stephen A., I switch on over to the other shows. They're talking about the Raiders quarterback situation. And another good point that Vinny Bonsignor said today on the morning show, which I caught, is Frank Wright is in Carolina now, not Indy. He's the new head coach of the Panthers. If I'm Frank Wright, I'm calling Derek Carr when the opportunity becomes right. Can't tamper with that. But Frank Wright should be letting it be clear and known that Derek Carr is the quarterback he wants in Carolina. A veteran going into his 10th year who's really good. Frank Reich's a former quarterback. Charlotte's a great place to live. They got, a, I think, a, a good defense, a good defense. They need to spend some money on offense. And Derek could stabilize that organization if Derek would agree to a trade there. If not, you're rolling the dice getting Derek in free agency. I would assume that Derek wants to make as much money as he can. The best way for him to make money is to be traded. It's true. Because if he hits the market in free agency, there could be a team that pays him about what the Raiders were planning on paying him going forward. But if he gets traded and agrees to the trade and signs off on it and negotiate what he's going to make in that trade process, I think Derek Carr could make some good money and go to a good team. But I'm convinced more so than ever this week that Derek Carr needs to go to the NFC. If you're going to leave the Raiders after never winning a playoff game with the Raiders, I think it would be foolish to stay in the AFC with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and the rest of these gunslingers. The easier road to get to the playoffs and the Super Bowl is the road that Jalen Hurts is going on now with a kid named Brock Purdy. Can you imagine if you hit lightning in the NFC? There are several opportunities in New Orleans, in Carolina, in Atlanta to take the easier road, and all of those teams need a quarterback and Derek Carr is the one available. I hope he gets traded because I'd like to see Derek do something well that's happy for his family, but I'd like to see the Raiders get some equity in return here. Hey, quickly, before we come back, I want to talk about the moving lines here. Philadelphia, the line opened up minus one and a half. It's two and a half across the board. Everywhere here in Vegas, depending on the juice you're paying, Philadelphia minus two and a half, and the total on the game, 46 and a half as we look at it here. And Cincinnati, Kansas City, man, this has been a wild ride. It'll probably change by the time I come back. Kansas City initially minus two. Then Cincinnati was a two-point favorite. And then Kansas City walked out Patrick Mahomes at practice and let everybody see. And now they're a one to a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Remember, I keep an eye on the Westgate here. It's like a former stockbroker software I have here in my office, in my studio, to see the moving lines. And for Kansas City now, minus one-and-a-half. Total on that is 47 and a half. Uh, Westgate has it at 48, but mostly 48 across the board. South Point has it at 47 and a half, depending on where you're shopping. All right, we're wrapping it up on a beautiful Friday. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Remember, I gave you the warning avoid Dropicana, avoid that traffic nightmare. Next week, we'll tell you more about the Pro Bowl and what we'll be doing for the Pro Bowl. I'll be out there at least one day, I think, for the skills competition. We're going to host a show out there and have a good time. I'm optimistic. I was disappointed with the Pro Bowl last year, not from the stadium and Raiders perspective, but the game was a joke. Max Crosby was the only one who played hard. It was an embarrassment to the league. So they quickly saw that and flipped it to the skills competition. Let's hope it works, and it works in Vegas, and they keep coming back here. This is the flagship of the Silver and Black, and we are brought to you by our great friends at Modelo. I have a bucket of Modelos on ice. I'm not making it up. And I'm going to hit it here in a few minutes to kick off the weekend right here on the flagship of the Raiders. Thanks for listening to Raider Nation Radio.
Here's Westbrook. Back to LeBron. LeBron thinking about a three. Takes a three. Got it! Thanks for coming back as we wrap up our week here on Raider Nation Radio and on the mobile app. Thanks for everybody on the mobile app who was listening. And thanks to Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, Charles Woodson, his iconic brand. He's got the wine, Intercept Wine. He's got the whiskey, and we'll be promoting that whiskey on the road to the Super Bowl. And also next week, we'll have tickets that we're going to give away here on the show for the Pro Bowl party with Warren Moon, Shannon Sharp, and Charles Woodson on the 66th floor of Resorts World. That's a big-time Pro Bowl party. I'll be emceeing it. I'm going to help out in some fashion with the chalk talk or interviewing the guys, and I'm excited to be there. So if you haven't been to Resorts World yet, that would be a perfect opportunity. Listen all week long next week as we'll be talking about that Pro Bowl party. Probably get Warren Moon on one more time for a push. These guys do a great job. They want to raise money for charities. They all have foundations, and they got to raise money. And if they can get you to come to some of these events and you get a chance to take a picture, buy an auction item or something, it all helps out the cause. And you know how I love to be involved with that. LeBron James. I quickly want to get to LeBron James because, as you know, from time to time, I'm just shocked at how much LeBron coverage there is out there. And a lot of it is just filler, but not now. LeBron's about to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. And I'm going to be talking about that because I love legacy. I love the Jordan versus LeBron argument. I really think that's a real argument. And what LeBron James is about to do is special. He's about to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer. Now, as you know, he's doing it on a team that's not very competitive. The Lakers should be much more competitive, and they're not for a number of reasons. Uh, Bad draft picks, roster problems. LeBron James and Anthony Davis make all the money. Russell Westbrook didn't work out, hasn't worked out yet so far. Let me look at the current standings here. Wow, the Lakers are still out of the playoffs. The Lakers are 23-26. and 26. They are behind Oklahoma City and Portland for the 11th spot. Wow. Uh, the Lakers are 5-5 five and five in the last 10. But I wanted to touch on LeBron because he's getting closer to this record. He dropped 20 points against the Spurs. And as he's getting closer, he's really close, and he's going to have to figure out how he's going to manipulate these games coming up to break the record at home. LeBron is now just 158 points away from Abdul-Jabbar's all-time record. So this is really cool. I like numbers. And if I asked you today, what's the all-time rushing record of Emmett Smith? You would have no idea what that number is. If I said to you, what's the all-time rebounding record and who has it? You would have no idea. But you know home runs in baseball. You know, you know, 300 wins in baseball. There's some records. I know 4256. Say it with me. 4,256, what is that? Pete Rose, the all-time hit king. So if we know uh, Pete Rose at that number, we should get to know LeBron and what he's about to do. And with the games coming up here, as we're looking through what he has to do, the question is, does LeBron want to do this at home in Los Angeles, or would he want to do it on the road? LeBron is averaging 29.9 points a game, everybody, through 39 games. That's incredible. He's averaging 30 points at this age, a two-decade run. He put up 46 points this past Tuesday night against the Clippers. It was amazing what he's been able to do. And I'm just impressed with LeBron. So LeBron averaged 20.9 points per game as a rookie and hasn't dipped below that since. So he's on pace to break Abdul-Jabbar's record in 100-plus fewer games than the fellow Laker great. Now, remember, 
Kareem didn't go from high school, which he could have, from Power Memorial, but they didn't back then. He went to UCLA and became the greatest college player of all time with Bill Walton, in my opinion. How many points would Kareem have if he went right to the NBA, right to a team like Milwaukee as he jumped in? Uh, This is according to Yahoo. Kareem reached his tally of 38,387 points in 1,560 games. And LeBron, what he did against the Spurs the other night, he's in 1,405 games. So LeBron's doing it because the league has changed. When Kareem played, the league was much slower. The skyhook pounded into the paint, pounded into Kareem. Even Magic, when he came to the Lakers and picked up the energy and the pace, and they became the Showtime Lakers, and Kareem was able to be the best player on that team. Early in Kareem's career with Milwaukee in the early years with the Lakers, it wasn't that fast pace. It was a slow-down game. Now LeBron's taking threes as much as Steph Curry. So this is what fascinates me. The pace that LeBron is on to pass Kareem, that would be on February 7th against the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. So the games that he has now, uh, Saturday, tomorrow he's at the Celtics. That's a big game on ABC. Then Monday he's at Brooklyn. Tuesday he's at the Knicks. So think of those fan bases, right? Boston and then the two teams in New York are going to see LeBron right before he breaks the record. And then on February 2nd, he's at Indiana. Now here's where he has to be careful. What happens if LeBron has a 40-point game, 42-point game? You know, he doesn't average 29.9. He averages 40 in a game or two. Is he going to have to pull back? I think, yes, he will. There's no chance, in my opinion, that LeBron's going to break this record at the Pacers on February 2nd. And at New Orleans, especially at New Orleans, New Orleans is the weakest brand, I think, in the NBA. If you look at all these teams, the weakest brand, not the weakest team, because New Orleans is the four seed, but the weakest brand is the Pelicans. There's no chance that LeBron's breaking the record there. But then February 7th, he comes home against Oklahoma City. And check this out, February 9th, he plays Milwaukee in a national game on TNT. So I'm going to predict that he breaks it against Milwaukee. And I think what LeBron will do if he's close to breaking the record at Indiana or New Orleans, he won't play or he'll just shut it down. He'll play a quarter. The Lakers aren't going to let him break that record on the road. No chance, especially in a market like Indiana or New Orleans. If he does it home against Oklahoma City, who cares? It's a record, Oklahoma City. But the Milwaukee game on TNT would be incredible. So what does this mean? What's my point? We know LeBron's going to break this record. The point is, this is another feather in his cap that he will be considered better than Michael Jordan when it's all said and done. Do not drive off the road. Please keep your hands on the steering wheel. Uh, I have a new podcast out this week with Tom Looney, JT and Looney. Wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe and share JT and Looney. We talked about this and all the accomplishments that LeBron has over Jordan. Jordan left the sport, left the sport, for his father passing away or the conspiracy theory that he had to step away from gambling. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but that's what people said. He left the sport for two years, something LeBron James would never do, and most players wouldn't do. He did it. Michael Jordan. Also, LeBron James is lapping Michael Jordan in every statistical category, every one. That would be what are the stats in the NBA in basketball. Points, rebounds, assists, and block shots. It's over. Playoff. Shots, attempts, made, free throws, whatever the stat is, LeBron has more than Jordan and he's lapping him. He's going around him again. You know what I mean by lapping? If you're running a race on a track and you run around and pass the competitor again, that's what he's doing. Okay, so the only argument for Jordan is 
he won six championships and never lost. Okay, that's a good argument. What about the years that Michael Jordan couldn't get past the Pistons and Larry Bird and the Celtics and didn't get there, but LeBron was able to get to the NBA Finals with Booby Gibson and a bunch of bums on Cleveland and lost to Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki or lost to a San Antonio dynasty with Duncan, Parker, Ginobili and lost to Steph Curry in a dynasty. I can tell you this because I was there for some of it that when you look at the Bulls and the Lakers with LeBron, you look at Jordan and what he accomplished and what LeBron accomplished. Jordan did most of his dirty work and hard work in the Eastern Conference. He had to get by the bad boys. He had to get by Bird. And the Knicks were not good. The Knicks were great. Whoever won the series between the Knicks and the Bulls in the playoffs were probably going to win the championship. And those were wars. Once Jordan got to the NBA Finals, he had to play Greg Ostertag. Give me a break. Those Utah Jazz teams with Stockton and Malone, those guys were great all-time players, but those weren't great teams. He beat Barkley. The toughest team Jordan ever beat, I thought, was George Carl, Gary Payton, and the Seattle Sonics at the time. But these weren't legendary teams that he was going up against. LeBron had to go up against the Warriors and the Spurs, and he had to go up against them, and he lost some finals. Not the end of the world. LeBron's got four, Jordan's got six. So what means more? Well, Jordan... There were years Jordan didn't get to the finals and LeBron did. So I think that Jordan, Michael Jordan, is the greatest player of all time. I think in the argument for second place all time is going to be LeBron or Kareem. It's going to be Kareem or LeBron. I think that would be fair. You could have Will Chamberlain on that list, the only player to average 50 points and 25 rebounds in a game. You could look at some other players. But the short list, Kobe Bryant, as we talked about him yesterday on the three-year anniversary of his death, You can talk about a whole bunch of players. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson are definitely in my all-time top 10. All-time top 10. Magic is in my all-time top five ahead of Bird. But when it comes to LeBron, LeBron is on the doorstep of passing Kareem for the all-time scoring record. And I think he's going to play another two to three years to extend that record. Maybe get to another finals. Maybe leave the Lakers. Go to another team to catch one more ring. And 20 or 30 years from now, everybody, we're going to look back at the stats, just the stats. Some 17-year-old kid 20 or 30 years from now who never saw Jordan and never saw LeBron play are just going to bring up the numbers. It's not even going to be close. LeBron James is going to destroy Michael Jordan in every basketball category that was ever created other than the fact that he was not undefeated in the NBA Finals. And not everybody's undefeated. Tom Brady's not undefeated in the Super Bowl. Eli Manning beat him twice, and so did Nick Foles, but he's the greatest of all time. You don't have to be perfect all time like Michael Jordan and Joe Montana to be the greatest of all time. You have to be in the arena competing for championships. And then we look at numbers. We look at stats, and we look at how those stats pan out. Great week this week for Bobby. Bobby, thanks for being here on a Friday as always. We appreciate it, and there's a lot of news that's going to come up. Next week, I kind of don't know what's going to go on next week with the Pro Bowl. We'll be out at the Raider facility for one day. I'm I'm hoping that we get some Raiders on, maybe some former Pro Bowlers. I think that'd be a good fit. Woodson's coming to town again, our Warren Moon event. So maybe we'll get them on to talk about the Pro Bowl. And then I'm going to drive out to Arizona for a week with Q and our team. We're going to do some radio on Radio Row. In Phoenix at the convention center, go to the Waste Management Open, the big golf tournament, hit a couple of nice events, and have a good Super Bowl, and then the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders on Raider Nation Radio. What will happen with the quarterback position? I think we started up pretty good this week. We covered all the quarterbacks, all the scenarios. 
and we're just talking about it. We'll see if there's more news next week as there's some coaching change movement, and I think there's going to be bigger rumors about the quarterbacks and where they're going to go. Thanks, everybody, and thanks to our proud partners for listening all week long. Please support our partners here. Everybody here during the commercials and the spots are a part of what we do here, and we greatly appreciate your support. Uh, your support and have a great weekend here there's a lot going on in vegas the weather is great i can't wait for the rest of the day q is on deck as we continue on the flagship of the raiders raider nation radio